Let's chat about how to get what you need for your home when you don't have a lot of cash or credit. You can do that at Aaron's. Rent to own appliances, furniture, and tech from top brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. But say you don't need it anymore, no problem. At Aaron's, you can return your product at any time or even upgrade it for something new. Life's always changing. With Aaron's, your stuff can change right along with it. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Volume. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Win or lose, you get an instant up. They even have great same-game parlays. So many different ways to bet the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S. New customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code HOOPS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Saturday, everybody. Hope all of you guys are having an incredible weekend. So the Los Angeles Lakers are the NBA's first in-season tournament champion, and LeBron James is the NBA's first in-season tournament MVP. Going to hit this uh, game from a bunch of different angles. I want to talk some basketball off the top. Uh, then we'll get into some of the big picture stuff, what it means for the Lakers, what it means for LeBron. And then I have a take involving the actual in-season tournament itself and something I'd like to see them kind of tweak going into next year that could potentially make it 
even better. You guys know the drill. Before we get started, subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel. It would mean a lot to me if you guys would scroll down and hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements or the film threads that I do most mornings. And then last but not least, keep dropping mailbag questions in the YouTube comments so that we can keep hitting them throughout the rest of the season. All right, let's talk some basketball. So from a basketball perspective, if you guys, those of you guys who listened to the preview that me and the Nerd Sesh guys did yesterday, Day, it more or less went exactly as I expected. The Lakers put Cam Reddish on Tyrese Halliburton to start the game, and then Jared Vanderbilt off the bench. They brought AD up to the level of the screen to be aggressive in pick and roll to basically get the ball out of his hands, and then it was athletes rotating on the backside, specifically LeBron operating as a low man where he can blow plays up. Tyrese Halliburton didn't notch a single turnover against the Celtics, didn't notch a single turnover against the Milwaukee Bucks, and then his first turnover of this game was an aggressive Anthony Davis pick-and-roll coverage up at the level, uh, the pocket pass to Miles Turner downhill, and LeBron jumping that passing lane and getting in there. It's just, you know, I, I've said this many times on the show, and I truly believe it. I know, obviously, this kind of thing is subjective, and there are people that disagree, and I don't have numbers to back it up because they have not been the best defense by defensive rating this year. But I truly believe that this Laker defense is the best defense in the league when they're playing hard. And it's different than the 2020 year because the like the 2020 year was much better at the guard position. You know, Alex Crusoe and Gatavius Caldwell Pope were just better guard defenders. But the and, and then also Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee were better shot blockers than Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes. So it was a different type of defense. But one of the things that that team did not have was real wing athleticism. Like Danny Green was a good player on that Laker team, but he was a little slow. That whole year he struggled with quicker guards. He was kind of more of like a big positional defender, right? And then Kyle Kuzma, same thing. He's six foot nine, but not super laterally quick. He wasn't like an outstanding screen navigator, and he was best in help defense. Uh, positioning, right? This team has real wing athletes next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's it, again, it's skill guards in the backcourt, very different than the KCP Alex Caruso mold. But on the wing, it's Cam Reddish, freak athlete, 6'8". Jared Vanderbilt, freak athlete, 6'9". You know, Rui Hachimura, freak athlete. Rui Hachimura is more in that Kyle Kuzma group, right? But Torian Prince, even as a 6'8", like league average athlete, is a a bigger, more athletic wing than anybody the Lakers had in that 2020 season, not named LeBron James, right? And so, like, it's, it's a different kind of defense than the 2020 defense, but it's impactful at a similar level. And the main reason why is just that combination of point-of-attack athleticism and then Anthony Davis on the back end. Now, one of the biggest questions coming into this season was, was would the Lakers have good enough point-of-attack defense? And honestly, like Cam Reddish has just been a revelation. He's been an absolute revelation at the point of attack. And I don't know, and we've seen this a few times throughout the, uh, the history of the NBA, modern NBA history, where a lottery player ends up in a different situation and things go well. But this is bizarre because he's been in three other situations. Played with the Blazers, played with the Knicks, played with the Hawks, and this is the first team where you've seen his tools and his fit make sense. He's even been pretty good attacking closeouts. Hit a big time three point shot tonight. He had a big time three point shot against the Suns a few weeks ago. Like he's, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I'm I, in the big picture. I think it's. I don't even want to get into that tonight. But like, is Cam Reddish the right answer? for a, 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 a team that has a chance to win a championship in the big picture. We'll talk about that later. I'm not sure. But within the context of the regular season, he's been everything the Lakers needed. 
because they lost Dennis Schroeder and they didn't have good point of attack defense to start the year. And Jared Vanderbilt was out of the lineup. And then there was the big offensive question with Jared Vanderbilt, right? Even just in this small portion of the season that he's been playing, he struggled a little bit to finish when he's been given advantage situations on offense, right? And so Cam Reddish has just kind of given them another option there. And then Max Christie, as every bit as impactful defensively as Cam Reddish can be, a little bit less athletic, but a little bit uh, more sharp offensively, a little bit better shooter, a little bit better attacking closeouts, right? And so those two guys have taken what looked like a flaw on the roster, the point of attack position, and now it's like, okay, you play the Lakers tomorrow. Here's what's going to happen. You're the best perimeter initiator on your team. You're going to get Cam Reddish with Anthony Davis behind him in in tons of athletes rotating on the backside like Torian Prince and LeBron James, right? And then, oh, you, you made it through the first group. Here comes Max Christie. Here comes Jared Vanderbilt. Here, here comes Rui Hachimura. It's more athletes. And so, again, all, the offensive questions for the Lakers are there, and, and, and we'll see them bear out over the season. I'm more optimistic than most, just based on what we've seen in crunch time and in this tournament as well. And a big piece of that is just how well Austin Reeves has been playing and LeBron James just being a level better offensively than he was last year. But I want to cut, uh, cut the, the, the uh, give the Laker defense some credit because that combination of real wing athleticism with what LeBron and Anthony Davis can do on the backside cleaning things up has made them dominant. And this was a team that the Pacers that put up 122 points on the Celtics. This was a team that put up 128 points on the Bucks and could not force Tyrese Halliburton into a turnover. Lakers held him to 109 and forced Halliburton. No, Halliburton's insane. You guys know how high I am on him. I literally think he's on an all-time great trajectory, right? 20 points and 11 assists tonight with three turnovers on just 14 shots. 8 of 14 from the field. So, like... They threw the kitchen sink at him, and he still put up a really good stat line, which just goes to show you how insanely good Tyrese Halliburton is. But this is where I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Anthony Davis and the fact that he's anchoring behind all of that. Yes, the Lakers' point of attack defense has been a revelation this year, something we did not expect, and something that has made their defense better than we could have expected them to be to this point in the season. That is true. But none of this happens without Anthony Davis. Now... Over the course of the regular season, are there guys who try harder, more consistently on a night-in, night-out basis? Yes. Are there guys that are more reliable from an injury perspective? Yes. Although Anthony Davis has been on a good streak of health basically since the trade deadline last year, right? That said, when AD is locked in and engaged on the defensive end of the floor, there is nobody in this league that can reach his level defensively. He is the very best. That is why... The second best defense in the league, Boston, could not do to Tyrese Halliburton what the Lakers did to Tyrese Halliburton. I talk about this concept all the time, the idea of back-end rotations and disrupting at the point of attack. So if you blitz, if you put two to the ball, lots of teams do this, by the way. Almost everybody does it to the elite guards in the league, right? Especially when they start cooking you. Got to get the ball out of their hands at some point, right? Well, what happens is, is they'll put two to the ball. Tyrese will make some quick pass, a quick feed on a pocket pass or a skip pass or something like that or a swing pass. And then it's a quick four on three and it's boom, 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 layup or a three-point shot, right? What makes it different is Anthony Davis and his ability at the level of the screen and in blitz situations with high hands and low hands to disrupt that pocket pass and to disrupt that over-the-top pass. What ends up happening? happening is that pocket pass is maybe thrown at an angle that's not great to where the roll, the short roll man is, right? Or that over the top pass, instead of it being a rifle pass over the top, it's more floating over the top, okay? But now, who's on the backside? It's Torian Prince and LeBron James with the starters, right? It's Max Christie and Rui Hachimura with the bench guys, right? It's athletes on the backside. 
And so when Anthony Davis buys you time by making that pass difficult out of that uh, blitz situation or showing high, he makes it so that it's easy to rotate on the backside, at least given the athleticism that the Lakers have. And that was the strategy I expected the, from the Lakers to start, basically just rotating out on the backside, and it worked. Again, allowed just 109 points in this game after they put up 122 on the Celtics and 128 on the Bucks. Now, on the other end of the floor, the Lakers had a massive size advantage all over the floor, as we know. Right, There were two specific actions that were working that I thought was really interesting. So Aaron Neesmith was doing a really nice job on LeBron James with his ball pressure. So one of the things the Lakers did to uh, counter that, give the ball to Austin Reeves. And then LeBron was setting on-ball picks. And basically what was happening is the Pacers did not want to switch that action, especially since for most of those bench group situations, it was a lot of uh, like a TJ McConnell there. And they didn't want to get TJ McConnell on LeBron. So when he would set the screen on TJ and they didn't switch... Austin's getting downhill. Why? Because Aaron Neesmith doesn't know how to play drop coverage. He doesn't know how to. He's just Carlisle's telling him to just bully LeBron all over the floor, right? So he's staying glued up to LeBron. And so Austin Reeves started getting downhill and making plays, right? And then when they did switch, there were a couple of times where they switched and LeBron just got a nice inside seal over the pass, uh, over the top pass, and he was able to score, make passes out of that, right? And so that Austin LeBron two man game was a great counter for the Lakers against the Aaron Neesmith ball pressure. And then they were not switching the LeBron AD pick and roll with Miles Turner. And that was where you saw the lob pass and LeBron getting all the way down to the rim and finishing with his right hand. And that's the thing, like like you, the, the Pacers don't have the personnel because they don't have two big forwards to just switch that action. You can't put Aaron Neesmith on Anthony Davis, right? Or, or LeBron on Miles Turner, right? So they had to run a traditional drop coverage. And like we saw against the Phoenix Suns, whenever LeBron sees a drop coverage, he goes at it with Anthony Davis in pick and roll. Again, like Laker fans are always talking like, why aren't the Lakers running more LeBron AD pick and roll? Why aren't they running more LeBron AD pick and roll? The vast majority of teams out there just switch that action. That's why they don't run it a lot. They usually have a center and a forward, and they live with the center on LeBron, and they live with the forward on Anthony Davis. And the Pacers just couldn't get away with doing that, and so LeBron was able to make plays in pick and roll. And then late in the game, when they got Miles Turner in foul trouble, they ended up going to Anthony Davis in the post uh, against Jackson, and he just started drawing fouls and getting to the foul line because Jackson can't guard him down there. And so they really smart offensive uh, th- uh, thought process from the Lakers taking advantage of what their advantages were. There were a lot of people on Twitter saying, like, why aren't the Lakers taking any threes? Why aren't the Lakers taking any threes? Now, in the big picture... I think the Lakers should take more threes because it's just, from the standpoint of math, something that could help their offense a little bit, right? But it's matchup dependent. In a one-game sample size against the Indiana Pacers, when you get a trophy at the end of it, go to the damn paint because that's where your advantage is. And so I loved that the Lakers didn't settle for threes. At the end of the game, they took a few, but like they they, they were they made a few, I should say. I think Torian Prince made one and then Cam Reddish made one. But they weren't taking a lot of threes because that just wasn't the right offensive approach for that game. This is a team that that it was giving up like four, five, six inches on most of their uh, uh, most of their defensive matchups in this game. That was their advantage. They stuck to it. That's how they won. I think that again, just kind of looking at the Lakers first, like that to me is what their identity is. And this is something I've been preaching about all year. Don't worry about trading for DeRozan. Don't worry about trading for Zach Levine. Trade for if you're going to make a trade, go after a a starter caliber two-way player, basically an upgraded version of a Cam Reddish or an upgraded version of a Torian Prince so that you can slot everybody a little bit better so you're better in a playoff series. Because again, you know, there are going to be teams that are going to dare, that are going to be able to contain LA a little bit better on both, uh, on, on the, um, 
uh, when they're on offense, and they're going to do so by ignoring Cam Reddish, by ignoring uh, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, right? Like a team like the Nuggets, they live with Anthony Davis on an island against Jokic. They live with LeBron James on an island against Aaron Gordon. And so, again, it's better for me, in my for the Lakers, in my opinion, to lean into what they're best at. This team's identity, in my opinion, is they are the best defensive team of the contenders, right? Like the Bucks, it's like Damianis pick and roll. Good luck, right? The Nuggets, it's this incredible five-man offense, right? And then they defend at a high level as well. You know, the Celtics, it's driving kick basketball, and they do a ton of switching on defense, and they can be an elite perimeter defense, right? Like, every team kind of has their identity. The Lakers are world-beating defense. Like, all-time great defense. That's That's their identity. Like, we're just going to maul you physically with our incredible defensive potential, and on the other end of the floor, we're going to pick you apart with a bunch of really smart basketball players. And so, again, I think... This tournament is a great sign for the Lakers of what specifically they need to do to reach their ultimate goal, which is to get the Larry O'Brien trophy. Defense, defense, defense. That's how they win. Don't try to be the Bucks. Trading for Zach Levine, if you want to go get into a scoring contest with some of these teams that are at the top of the West and East, you're going to lose those scoring contests because you're just not as good at it as they are. But if you try to be better on defense than everybody by a wide margin, that's your best pathway to get the trophy. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Anthony Davis. Uh, the other thing too, I, t- I talk a lot about him on the defensive end of the floor as we've done so far in the show, but when he brings it offensively the way that he did tonight, and again, it's just being physically aggressive in the post, running the floor on offense for opportunities, rolling hard to the rim. The uh, Obviously the advantages the Pacers presented to, the, to him in this game were important, right? Hit a little step back jump shot early in the game as well, but him dominating down there on the block, that is the difference between the AD that could be the sixth or seventh best player in the league and the AD that can be the second or third best player in the league. If he wants to enter into that conversation, offensive consistency is the gap there. But like when it comes to his ceiling, his ceiling is as high as anybody in the league because it's best defensive player in the world and he can give you 40 points if he's got physical advantages in the post. And that's just what makes him such an incredibly dominant player. He he played one of the better individual games that I've seen in a long time tonight. 40-something and 20-something, just unbelievable from Anthony Davis. Austin Reeves, 28 tonight. Averaged 22 points per game in this tournament. 20 in the first game, 17 in the second game. Obviously lower in large part because they beat the living shit out of the Pelicans, right? But once again, chips down, big games, high-stakes environment. Austin Reeves comes through for you again. And I'm just so happy for Austin because I, I literally could not believe how like a significant portion of Laker fans were like off of the Austin Reeves bandwagon after like 15 bad regular season games. Like, completely unfathomable to me, unfathomable, unfathomable to me. Like I I just, I just didn't understand it. And so once again, like again, he was a huge factor in the Laker offensive success tonight with the two man game with LeBron. Like we talked about earlier, just shout out to Austin Reeves. That dude is a big time player. And LeBron James winning the MVP, obviously tonight was a little different. He was getting heavy ball pressure from Aaron Neesmith. who's done a really good job all week. Um, Thought he made a, a bunch of, uh, really smart plays in this game to take advantage of the downhill opportunities that were there. And then he started making plays out of the post with the pass as well. I, I, I thought he was magnificent in this entire tournament, and I thought he deserved to win the MVP in the big picture. Because this is going to lead all the shows, right, tomorrow. What does this in-season tournament championship and MVP mean for LeBron James's legacy, right? Like, that's what we're going to see all over the shows, Right. And uh, this is really all I have to say about it. It's not going to change anybody's mind. There's no anti-LeBron guy that's going to be like, oh, in-season tournament, he's my GOAT now, right? And in the big picture, what the in-season tournament means as an accomplishment is hard to tell now because this is the first one. We don't have a point of reference, right? Now, 20 years from now, it might be different. And you might look at it as more of a counting accomplishment, right? So it's hard to say what it means for his legacy in terms of the court of public opinion. Here's what it says to me, though. This dude is a winner. He always has been. It's been one of the most under-discussed things about his personality just because he's jovial and has fun while he's on the court. And some people just can't process that because it's not Mamba mentality, assassin behavior, right? But, like, here's the thing. All 30 teams could have got that trophy. LeBron wanted it, and he went and got it. And that, that to me, is one of the things that I've always loved about LeBron and one of the reasons why I've been such a big fan of him over the years. Like, when, when push comes to shove, is the dude a performer? Yes, which, by the way, is a positive. When, you, when you're the face of the NBA, embrace the fact that you're putting on a show, right? Like, 
Like, is has LeBron been a little bit more jovial and a little bit more passive at the end of games than Kobe Bryant or some of the other guys throughout NBA history? Sure. But when push comes to shove, this dude puts winning basketball games at the very top of his list of priorities. And in this era, there has not been a single player better at it than him. And arguably in NBA history, he's the best at it. When you're listing LeBron's traits, the first trait on that list is winning wins basketball games, finds a way to win basketball games. And like, I think his obsessive competitive nature and the simple fact that he wanted this trophy and went to get it was an encapsulation of everything that's made LeBron who he is in, in his career. He won the trophy tonight because he's the same type of dude who won four Larry O'Brien trophies. It's a continuation of that personality trait. And so, like, again, it's not going to swing anybody's opinion. But for me as a fan, I just had a faith that he was going to pull it off. Because, like, it's LeBron James, man. Four-time NBA champion LeBron James. A guy that, a, a guy that just... A guy that when he sees that goal and he has an opportunity to get it, there's literally nobody in this era that can stop him from getting to that point, right? And I just shout out to LeBron, man, because like, again, it's not going to go down with his accomplishments in terms of what he's done in June, but I can just tell you as a fan, watching him in this tournament was really fun because like, he just, he just, he just fucking wanted it, man. He just, he just wanted it and he went and got it. And played incredible doing it. His game against the Pelicans, we didn't even see this stat in time for our instant reaction that night, but 30 points, five rebounds and five assists in less than 23 minutes, first time in NBA history. It was one of the most incredible individual performances we've ever seen. And then AD followed it up with one of the most incredible individual performances we've ever seen tonight. So shout out to LeBron again. Like I, I, I just, I can't believe he's still doing this. And... I obviously the, the, the Larry O'Brien, what is, is what he's truly after, but I thought it was cool that he, I think he, I think this was great for the NBA simply from the standpoint of him adding legitimacy to it. Because if LeBron James in in, in, a four time NBA champion, 39 years old was like, I want that trophy. That's going to set a tone year in and year out. That's going to get everybody to want that trophy. And I, I think it was the best possible thing that could happen for the Lakers. Last take before we get out of here on the in-season tournament. I loved it. One thing I would say, though, is I would push it from full, four pool play games up to six. I don't know if they need to kind of move around the way the, the actual pools worked. But I, I think I think if you – ideally, the single elimination – you want to f- make it so that it's easier for the better teams in the league to get in, right? Like you want to see the Denver Nuggets in that tournament, right? Like you want to see the you want to see the best teams in the league get into that tournament. Now they a lot of them were, right? The Lakers in my top tier contenders, I had the Celtics were in it, the Bucks were in it, and the Lakers were in it, and the Suns were in it. So four of my preseason top six contenders were in it. And the two that didn't get in were the Warriors and the and the Nuggets, right? But even like Minnesota not getting in because of an in-season tournament loss, right? Like if you push it to six, a couple things. Like I think next year the teams are going to really see the importance of each individual pool play game and understand like, oh shit, you can go three and one and not get in, right? And they'll take it more seriously. But I think if you push it from four to six, it just makes it a little bit more likely for a team to be able to weather like a – 
hey, Jamal Murray missed a game because of a hammy, and we were still able to get into the tournament. And now Jamal's healthy and we're playing single elimination games, right? So, like, that'd be the one tweak I'd make. But other than that, I thought it was amazing simply because it gave us something different in the middle of the regular season. Instead of just going October, November, December, January, February, okay, brief break for trade deadline. This is cool. Some stuff happened. March, April, okay, now we're finally in the playoffs. Instead, now it's like October, November, oh, in season tournament. And then it's like January, February, oh, now we're like, it, it kind of breaks up the monotony of the regular season, which I think served a, a, a really cool purpose within this season. All right, guys, that is all I have for the rest of this weekend. I'll see you on Monday for power rankings. And then we have Jovan Buha from The Athletic to come on to do a Lakers deep dive like we usually have once every other week. Then Tuesday next week, we've got Chris Mannix coming on to do a Celtics deep dive. And then I think the slate on Tuesday night is crazy, like all sorts of playoff teams playing against each other. So I think we're probably going to work on Tuesday night. So I'll see you guys then as well. All right, have a good weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Let's chat about how to get what you need for your home when you don't have a lot of cash or credit. You can do that at Aaron's. Rent to own appliances, furniture, and tech from top brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. But say you don't need it anymore, no problem. At Aaron's, you can return your product at any time or even upgrade it for something new. Life's always changing. With Aaron's, your stuff can change right along with it. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. Approval isn't guaranteed, and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.